0: We are in the season of Advent, as uh, Chiv talked about earlier, as as he shared in the prayer. And Advent, uh, if you Google it, uh, which of course everybody does, you know, to find out anything, Advent is the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. It's not only that at this time we remember the coming of Jesus Christ as a baby, but we also remember that he will come again. And so it's not just focusing on one thing, but on two things and what he did to change the world. It's the beginning of the Christian year. The Advent season is the beginning in churches of the Christian year. And then on Christmas Eve begins the Christmas season uh, that will go until Epiphany, until January 6th. And that's the 12 days of Christmas. So right now we are in Advent. And last week we talked about hope. And I wanted to share a a quote by N.T. Wright... Um, Lauren went to a couple of his lectures when he was here at SMU a couple of weeks ago. But he said something just in question and answer time that was incredibly significant, I think. He wrote, he said, hope is a virtue. It is something you have to practice. It is grounded in what has happened and what will happen. It's not a feeling that comes naturally like optimism or pessimism you have to remind yourself that Jesus is Lord and that he is risen and ground yourself in that truth day by day, that he is our hope. So I just think as a reminder now we are looking at peace and uh, that part of the Advent season. And so just a couple of thoughts about that as we will be uh, preparing for communion shortly and that type of thing as well. We hear a lot about peace. You hear a lot about it. I mentioned this morning I stopped at a convenience store not to get cigarettes like the man in front of me, God, uh, but to get something to drink. And so um, I, the lady said, "What are you going to church today? And I said, yes, I'm, I'm the associate pastor at a church. And she said, what are you going to be talking? I told her I was going to be preaching, uh, waiting for the card, you know, to finally click through and all of that. And she said, I said I was going to be talking about peace. And she said, like, world peace. And I said, well, yes, that would be nice. But um, not that it's going to happen anytime soon, probably. But more peace in our hearts. And she said, you mean like being at peace? And I said, yes. And she said, well, pray for me. Her name is Chris. She said, pray for me because I need peace. And I didn't reach over the counter, you know, like she thought I was going to grab her money or something, you know. but, But I did pray for her. Um, this time of year, I don't know how it is for you, but just about everything you see everywhere is saying, Buy me and you will be happy. Right? I mean, it, it's just what it is, and I get it. There are things that make us happy, and I'm sure that you've received some gifts that you were kind of going, "Great! What were you thinking?" You know, I mean, we've all received some of those at Christmas time and other times. Um, you know, but sometimes we receive gifts, and they are they're incredibly they're a bit a blessing. Um, to put it in perspective. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, and I used to teach my Bible students at CCA, if you've made that decision, it's the most important decision of your life. It doesn't matter where you go to school, you know, or how you do on the SAT, or any of that stuff. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, that's the most important decision you will ever make. And then Jesus talks about, in his last words to some of his disciples, he talks about the importance of the Holy Spirit, And sometimes we need a reminder of, Lord, fill me again. Because I don't know about you guys, it's probably just me, but sometimes I feel empty. And he's the only one that can fill us. There's not a TV show that I can watch. That will that will fill me to where I feel like I can give out. It. There's you know there's really not a book I can read outside of Scripture, and so I want you to think with me about this time of year and how hectic it gets. And I don't quite get why it's always at Christmas time we need to have parties, although parties are a good thing. Y'all know parties are an extrovert's heaven, right? <laughs> and for an introvert, it's the other thing, you know, kind of sort of. Um. And and there's always this pressure of you got to buy all this cool stuff and, you know, meet the person's deepest need. Well, you know what? Our deepest need is the Lord. And only he is going to fill those places that are empty within us. And for people that maybe have had loss or maybe struggling... This time of year, the best way I can describe it, when I was going through different things, when my mother was sick and then other times in my life, holidays, they just felt gray. And everyone, you know, was seemed to be happy, and on TV, they're happy, and it's because all those people are really happy, right? And and yet, if you're going through personal things, you know, if somebody's singing some of those songs about the hippopotamus or whatever, you know, I mean... um, just saying, it's a blessing to give gifts, but keeping it in perspective, and what do people really need? Um, when Robert was about seven, I don't know if he's here this morning, but he was aware uh, that I would be sharing. When Robert was about seven, he was in school, both of my kids graduated from CCA, and Robert was in Marilyn Headley's uh, computer class. And so he knew how to do Excel at seven. And uh, he probably at seven knew more about Excel than I know, you know, anyway. Um, Anyway, so I would ask the kids for lists so that you don't get something, you know, like socks they don't like or whatever, you know, and then they're needing therapy at 30 or something because I got them the wrong Christmas present. So I asked them for a list. Well, Mr. Robert uh, made an Excel spreadsheet (laughs) of about 20 things. I wish I'd saved it, because he really did. And every, the price of everything was 799. You know? I wish today everything was 799, y'all with me. Um, I was amazed, you know, and it was just like, how did you get him to these prices?" And he said, "Well, you know, anyway, I think he thought that, that would work, and that we wouldn't figure out, you know, oh, that one's really 10 dollars and not eight dollars. There's really not a whole lot we're going to get that's going to meet your deepest need. And there's not really a gift in the sense of something someone can buy for you that is going to bring you peace. And the only thing that does that is our relationship with the Lord. And I would suggest to you that we are all surrounded by people like the lady at 7-Eleven who needs peace. And they hear a lot about world peace. But if we can have peace in our hearts, it affects our world. And then it it goes on and on. Jesus said several things about peace that I wanted to kind of cover this morning briefly. In Scripture, in Mark, and in a couple of other places, there was a time where there was an incredible storm. And he said, peace be still. And I heard one Bible teacher say he was saying peace to the, to the disciples who were afraid and thought they were going to die. And to the storm, it was like, be muzzled. So if you're in a storm, I think that's a pretty good way to pray. To ask God for his peace. You know, we, we talk about the peace that passes all understanding. You know, that's the whole point of even when it makes no sense at all. We ask God for peace, that he would fill us with his presence, that he would watch over us. A very famous passage of scripture in John 14, where Jesus spends about three or four chapters telling the disciples, this isn't going to end like you think it's going to end. I'm going to go to the cross and I, and I will be raised from the dead. But he, he says to them, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Don't let your hearts be troubled, and don't be afraid. And you hear that verse a lot of times at funerals, but oh my goodness, it's for every day. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. There is really no peace the world can give. Usually, often, we're dealing with chaos or things that are turbulent, Or things that are difficult. Not always. I mean, sometimes things are just great. But if you think about in Bible times, when Mary and Joseph were having to leave the city of Nazareth and travel to Bethlehem, that was a long way. And the Bible says she was great with child. And in the days when I was great with child, I would not have been interested in any kind of trip, much less from Nazareth to Bethlehem. But so the scripture would be fulfilled, the entire Roman world was turned upside down in order to have a census, and and Joseph and Mary went to the town of his birth, Bethlehem, the city of David, we read in Micah, the entire Roman world was turned upside down so that Jesus, to fulfill scripture, and that he was from Bethlehem. So really incredible things about peace. As Jesus appeared after he died on the cross and rose again, as he would encounter the disciples, he would say, peace be with you. And they were scared. And things hadn't turned out the way they wanted. And they didn't know what was going to happen next. They had not received the Holy Spirit that was promised on Pentecost. And those were scary days for them. And he would appear and say, peace be with you. Another place it says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And another place it says, fear not. So I just encourage you in this day where there can be a lot of anxiety. The holidays can bring a lot of anxiety. It's my prayer that we could all walk in peace. Peace. A number of years ago, I was trying to decide, you know, what to get someone for Christmas, and they really didn't need anything. I mean, they were, they were very well off, and any tie I could buy them probably wouldn't, you know, be what they would choose. And it's like, what do you get for somebody that, you know, they don't need anything? And yet spiritually, this person was incredibly dry. And he needed direction from the Lord. And he really needed to be confident in his relationship with Jesus. He was a believer, but he was struggling. He needed vision for his life. He was in his early 20s at that time. And and I just said, okay, along with the Christmas list, I'm going to make a spiritual Christmas list. And to try to have some kind of meaning in this season. I mean, we look so much to, so many things just assault us on what's going to happen and all the media and all of that stuff. And it is so far from the original point of celebrating the birth of Jesus. So I started that. I wrote the guy's name down and I had a, and then I said, you know, it was like the name and their need and then how I felt like I was supposed to pray for them. And I did that during my quiet time during that season. And it was amazing how God moved. And I don't remember the gift I gave him that year. But I remember that God was faithful in speaking to him and encouraging him. And that wasn't about me, that was prayer. Prayer. So as much time as we spend with all the presents and all the things we have to do and all the parties and all that kind of stuff, how about praying too? It's been a long time since I was in high school. I know that's a newsflash. But when I was in high school, I, I sat with some very broken people. A lot of them broken because of adult decisions that affected their lives. So I just encourage the youth as well, just like Nick, just like midwinter is going to be breathe. We get so busy, and what we're really searching for is peace. What, we're really, what people are really searching for is relationship with God. It's just so many people haven't figured it out. And it's not like, you know, we're trying to be arrogant in that, but just you've been given the greatest gift of all in accepting Jesus and receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we have to say, Lord, I need you again. Or, Lord, I need you every day. And we cry out to him. And he is close by. He doesn't, you know, take a nap or like I need to this afternoon maybe. Or y'all need to too. Just, you know, don't leave me hanging here. Um, God doesn't tire. And he doesn't tire of our prayer requests. So I just encourage you to think about a spiritual Christmas list. Literally, I encourage you to write it out. Sometimes in praying with people, you know, God does stuff and it's very cool and I will tell them, write it down. You think you will remember, but you won't. Write it down. I encourage you to write down a few names. There have to be people. It's not just my family, okay? And I don't mean my personal kids. But, you know, my extended family, I'm not the only one in this place that has people in our extended families that need prayer, right? Right? Can we get an amen? I mean, we all have people that are broken for one way or another, or something has been difficult, or they couldn't get past something. I encourage you in that. I guess a question that I have that in prayer I felt like I was supposed to ask is what do you do when you feel empty? And a lot of people that we pass in the street or that we may pass in the grocery store, they do a variety of things when they feel empty, thinking that it will fill them. But my my word for all of us today, myself included, is God is the only one that can fill those places in our hearts, in our spirits that needs his touch. And there is no gift there is no adult beverage, there is no whatever of choice, no car or jewelry, regardless of what you see on TV. Y'all know who's cashing in on that kind of stuff, right? None of that will fill the need in our heart like our relationship with God. To the point that Jesus came to earth as a baby and grew up and went to the cross and died. And was buried, put in the tomb, and rose on the third day. And he said to his disciples, (laughs) he would come and say, peace to them. And may we so be vessels of that, and may we so be aware of that, that of all the things that people in your life may need this Christmas, they really need the Lord. So my prayer is for all of us that we would be in prayer in this season. It gets so busy and it gets so crazy. And by Christmas Eve, we all have a nervous tick, you know, and it's like, and, and it's like, and, and we've kind of almost missed the whole point. My prayer for us all is that we wouldn't miss the whole point, that the focus is really on what God has done for us in providing a relation, that we can be in a relationship, and whether these may be your darkest days or whether things are exciting and wonderful we need him we need him we are going to be uh, participating in communion today and it is a privilege to do so and and it is far more than just the bread and the juice and we remember not only when Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me like we have here on the table, but that on the Emmaus Road for the early church, what happened on the Emmaus Road when he was walking with two of the disciples and, and they, they didn't recognize him. And it was in the breaking of the bread when he prayed over it that they knew it was Jesus. So as we celebrate communion, wherever you are in your life, or whoever may be on your heart as you are struggling with, with what that person is carrying, I pray you would bring it and, and leave that here in the Lord's presence. He greets us in this place, and he is the one that can heal hearts. The one that made our hearts is the one that can heal our hearts. There's no one else. So we thank him for, the, for just the opportunity of communion. Communion is open to everyone who is seeking to, to love God. It is not a Methodist table. Uh, in Texas, we'd probably say, y'all come.